Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, everybody out there. Welcome back to Positively Wrestling. I am Tim Kennard, and of course, the heel to my baby face, the uh, brain to my gorilla, the Mr. T to my hot rod. It's Steven Davidson. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I pity you. Yeah, and you should, because I'm under the weather today. You I'm are. feeling great. I uh, got a little bit of a summer cold going on, so I apologize if I sound a little weird on this. Summer cold in March. In March, yes, a summer cold in March. <laughs> well, I just mean because of the the weird change in weather being yeah. warm and then cold, it always messes with my sinuses. But um, I will persevere and soldier on. Uh, we got a special show here You're today. So brave, very I am brave, very yes. brave. <laughs> um, we're talking about WrestleMania two. Uh, one of the, I would say, and honestly, one of the least talked about pay per views when it comes to modern wwe and when they go back and look at a bunch of stuff and like hey remember what happened at this wrestlemania this one always kind of gets skipped over they don't like to put a lot of attention on this one um and for several probably good reasons um this was definitely uh, a weird one in the way of how they approached it um as we get kind of just right into talking about it after wrestlemania one huge spectacle big success for wwf and vince and then he wants to, you know, how do I make it bigger? You know what? Let's do three different locations. Let's go live from each three. And uh, let's also do it on a Monday. <laughs> Only WrestleMania ever to not take place on a Sunday, or at least at least one of the days on a Sunday, because the last year's two-day WrestleMania notwithstanding. Um, but yeah, this was pretty, pretty crazy. Went down on April 7th, 1986. I believe you uh, made mention your mom's birthday. Yep. Uh, um, uh, she was she was younger then than we are now, which is yes. insane to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they tried to go from New York, Chicago, and L.A. respectively. Uh, first part, of course, takes place from New York. And which arena were we in in, in the first part? Uh, Nassau Coliseum. Nassau. I, uh, I, I, it's a personal goal of mine to try to see as many, possibly all of them, WrestleMania arenas as possible in person. Not necessarily attend an event at them, but at least to see them in person. And I got to see Nassau Coliseum when I went to Evolution because that's where Evolution was. Very so that cool. One, that one was checked off my list. That's awesome. Um, of course, we have three different commentary teams as well as we're coming from three different areas. Uh, from New York, we had Vince McMahon himself and Susan St. James on commentary. Of course, she was probably most... Uh, known for uh, being on a show called Kate and Allie, a TV mm-hmm. show where she played Kate McCardle. Um, her commentary was, eh, it was all right. <laughs> she didn't know anything about wrestling. She, yeah. <laughs> she, she, she tried her best. She, she faked it until she made it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we've heard worse. We've definitely heard worse. Yes. Yes. We've but, definitely uh, heard worse. She, she, yeah, it was clear that she was not an expert at all. Yeah. Uh, I will say the, they, Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No. I was going to say, she's only the first of many, many celebrities on this show. Yes, this was jam-packed. This is definitely Vince thinking the more celebrities, the more outside 
you know, eyes will get. Yeah. Part um, of his plan to make it bigger than the first WrestleMania. Yes. You know, that it, it continued. He into the next year, he wanted to make WrestleMania three bigger than, than WrestleMania two, which he did. Although yes. not through, not through this strategy. No. Um, but I will, I do want to call out, especially uh, Ray Charles. Yeah. What an amazing version of America, the beautiful that, that he sings to basically open uh, the show just, and, and, just, I mean, talk about celebrity. I mean, that yeah. that's an A-lister. That's an A-lister yeah. today. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, people today still know who Ray Charles is. And yes. he was as big a star then as he's ever been. And kudos to Vince McMahon for getting Ray Charles. And he matched it the next year with Aretha Franklin. Yeah. So, um, I mean, man, he was he was definitely nailing the, uh, the uh, musical acts for sure. And not the only one on this show that yeah. I would consider to be an A-lister. We can talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, awesome, awesome America the oh, Beautiful. My, my favorite, did, I don't know about you, my favorite part, though, of America the Beautiful, not really my favorite part, but my sarcastically favorite part, was they they played this video over top of Rachel singing, and do you remember how it closes? No. It closes as he's finishing off America the Beautiful with a picture of Hulk Hogan, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, the real American. The real himself. American. I mean, <laughs> what could be more WWE than that? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Oh, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> um, of course, we start uh, the show with a promo, and it's Piper backstage. Uh, of course, he's got a match coming up against Mr. T, and it's not really a match. It's a boxing match. Mm-hmm. Special attraction. Um, and <laughs> I love in this promo where he vows if he doesn't win, He's going to give up boxing, give up wrestling, and give up women. <laughs> They're all related. Yeah, well, you know, they all go hand in hand, I guess. Um, but I, I, I gave up all three for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't participate in any of those. That's true. And what a big boxing uh, aficionado you were. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but uh, good promo backstage. Hot Rod, always great on the stick, man. Just yeah. always a good promo. Uh, but kind of first... pu- pushed it a little bit as far as um, some of the things he was saying, things that would not fly today. Well, yeah, I don't think. And I think some of that could have come also from he had genuine heat with Mr. T. He did. He, he did. legitimately did not like celebrities coming in, taking mm-hmm. spots from wrestlers. He had a problem with Mr. T. Um, they're actually. And we'll get more. There's some stuff I want to bring up when we get to the actual match that yep. kind of extrapolates on that. But, but yeah, so I think a lot of that vitriol was coming out in this promo mm-hmm. and, you know, it's live. He knows he can pretty much save whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> they can't yeah. really do much about it. Yeah. Um, but that leads into our first match, um, which was uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff versus Don Morocco and magnificent one. the magnificent one. And this is kind of, as we say, this, pay-per-view is kind of maligned with production issues and just miscues and some stuff like that and one of them comes here with the finish which kind of comes weirdly i don't know i mean the match is okay um short short nothing really special going on here uh paul oh no neither of them win because it's a double count out right the problem is is we didn't really know that (laughs) as the bell rings when they're both outside finkel's in the middle of the ring looking around because he doesn't know what to do Mm -hmm. he doesn't know what what's going on um the crowd not real happy about this either oh they had a specific chant 
Yeah, they were saying BS. This is when the yeah. BS chant started, man. <laughs> first, first one I, I was going to say first one I ever heard, but this this show is actually pretty special for me because it was the first live wrestling show I ever watched. Ah, um, I watched this one live, um, and this was the first WrestleMania on pay per view. The original WrestleMania was not on pay per view, um, and so uh, this was a big show for for Vince. And so yeah, special special memories of the show in my heart. But um, yeah, it was clearly live. Because, yeah, uh, they were they were chanting whatever they wanted to chant in New York. Yeah, uh, and so they were very unhappy with this kind of non finish. And then, and since you were watching it live, because one thing I did find out in doing a lot of research here is that what you saw on the home video version and on the WWE Network version is edited. It's a little bit different. You know, there's some stuff we're going to talk about that, uh, at least I will specifically that if you've only seen it on the network, you haven't seen that you didn't see a few things, most of them production snafus that they went mm-hmm. back and cleaned up. But um, like, for instance, this one, and now it's a double count out is what the official ruling is. And it's funny because what follows this is a Mr. T promo for his match. And as he starts, you hear Howard Finkel in the background announcing that that match was a double count out, yeah. which was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> that he's telling the crowd and it, it's clear as day that you can hear it right. uh, when watching the video. But yeah, kind of got things off to a sour start uh, in New York, especially with the fans. Plus, I want to say it was kind of weird how they had this set up because now a lot of this was due to how you would run a live broadcast back then and the challenges uh, technically that they had because one would think, why not do a match here, then shoot to another place for a match there and then back and forth so that the crowds in attendance didn't have to sit for so long without live action mm-hmm. um but the way they did it is we went from new york and then we go to chicago and once we're there new york is just watching it on a couple big screens yep the whole, yeah which the whole time la is doing at the same time mm-hmm. um so there would be periods of a couple hours for each um individual location to where they're just watching it on closed circuit screens well, but that was also one of the ways to watch this show. If you didn't have pay-per-view at home, and a lot of people didn't. I lived in true. St. Louis, Missouri at the time. Luckily, that was you know a big city, and we had access to it. But if it's very likely that you lived in a big city, maybe not as big as St. Louis, but a, a city that you would consider to be a fairly big city that didn't have pay-per-view access. I mean, Vince McMahon basically created pay-per-view. Yeah. He was the pioneer of this technology. Um, and it was just starting. This was pay-per-view in its infancy. And so a lot of people went to their local sports arena and watched the show on big screens, the whole thing from beginning to end. So if you were in one of those three cities, it wasn't really considered anything that unusual because that's how WrestleMania 1 was delivered as well. Right. Because um, uh, there was no pay-per-view at that point. Um and so if you were in one of those three arenas, you just got lucky enough that, hey, your closed caption got got uh, interrupted by live action for about an hour. Um, well, so true. it probably didn't irk them as much as we might think, since that was kind of the way that it was primarily advertised as being delivered anyway. True, true. And they did structure it to where each place kind of had their own little main event. Yep. Mm-hmm. match uh at yeah. the end of its thing i will say um, with this with this match i love both paul orndorff and don morocco i they were both great talents and paul orndorff oh, yes. especially um 
I would have liked to have seen this match go longer because it would have been good mm-hmm. um, and have a finish. I, I, I think it was probably not the great idea, a great idea to start with this match. If they weren't going to have a finish, I would have started with the next match uh, would have been my opener um, rather than this one. Uh, so interesting choice there, but again, this was a different time and yeah. fans didn't care as much and they didn't think as much about that sort of thing, about the production elements and what should yeah. start and what should finish. And it just wasn't what people cared about. Right. Um, yeah. So again, we have that match. Uh, we get the Mr. T promo. Uh, then we go into the next match, which is uh, George the Animal Steel versus uh macho man randy savage this is for the intercontinental championship which uh mm-hmm. macho was at the time yep. um and i mean this is a decent little you know match for steel and, and savage you know hit all the right notes um uh savage of course retains um well this was a huge feud yes. at the time this was a massive massive rivalry and again this was one of those things where the fans didn't care about about hip tosses and about near falls and and like that style of match really didn't even exist yet. Yeah. Uh, Savage and Steamboat kind of ushered that sort of match in a year later. This was all about, we like this guy. We don't like this guy. We want this guy to win. We see him beat um, up the other guy. Yeah. And uh, the whole story was George was in love with Elizabeth mm-hmm. and the, the fans knew, you know, he was a caring guy and he would treat her right if she was with him. And so he, he, George Animal Steel, the character, couldn't have cared any less about the Intercontinental title. Right. I don't even, the character probably wasn't even aware it was on the line. <laughs> uh, he wanted Elizabeth. That's what he wanted. And the crowd wanted that for him and for her because of the way that Macho Man Randy Savage treated Elizabeth. Um, Savage was over huge as a heel. The animal was over huge as a face. Some fun spots. Like George counters a clothesline just by opening his mouth and biting Savage's arm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. He kicked out of the flying elbow. That's right. That's right. Didn't see that much. Mm. You didn't see people kicking out of finishers much at all, unless they were in there with Hogan. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty substantial. So uh, yeah, I, I thought this was fun. It was a character based match, which is what we got most of the time. Yeah. I don't know. Big shout out. I was a huge uh, George animal steel fan. I, loved when he would just open up the turnbuckle and start eating yeah yeah <laughs> that was just so fun um but yeah uh a good match like i say did hit all the notes it needed to um mm-hmm. uh crowd seemed to be much more into this one than they were uh, they the were first really match yeah had, had you seen the show before i meant to ask at the beginning had you had you watched wrestlemania 2 before this um yes yes okay. i mean i mean i watched this on home video when okay. i was younger um okay. And then I watched it again when I picked up that DVD set that they released uh, with like the first 20 WrestleManias and right. I went through every single one. Gotcha. Uh, that'd been the last time I'd probably watched it since about a week ago when I rewatched okay. it for this. Okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah, love, love animal. Um, Savage is, I mean, Savage is Savage. Yep. Always great. So yeah. Um, yep. And this was him just, he was, he was red hot here at the beginning of his WWF career. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Next, we roll into they have a little promo for the Battle Royal coming up, which is in um, Chicago for the Battle Royal, which is the NFL versus WWE or WWF WWF. Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, But then we go into a match, uh, George Wells versus Jake the Snake Roberts. (laughs) And 
This is interesting because Jake had only had his first televised match 16 days prior to this. This was kind of his debut. Yeah. For the most part. Um, and of course he wins. It's, it's, it's a showcase for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of interesting. That's, that's how much faith they had in Jake. You know, they brought him in and they knew he's going to be a star. So it's like, boom, get him on WrestleMania. It was, it was basically an enhancement talent match on yeah. WrestleMania. Um, Maybe slightly more than that. George Wells had a little bit of name value. George Wells, people don't remember this, was Bret Hart's original tag team partner in the WWF. Oh, I didn't even know that. Uh Uh-huh. And Bret uh, turned on him, and that's when Bret turned heel. And they had a little bit of a feud that Bret came out on top of, and then Bret went on to start teaming with Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who became the Hart Foundation, of course. And George Wells was mostly used as enhancement talent. After that, he basically got Bret Hart over and then was enhancement talent. But he had a little bit of name value because of the totally. program with okay. Bret. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so it wasn't like Jake was beating a total nobody, but I mean, he certainly also, you know, wasn't beating uh, a junkyard dog. Yeah. Um, so they really got the snake over. Yeah. They were just foaming at the mouth. Yeah. At the, at the end, end, foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And interesting because, I mean, you would not. You would never see this in modern WWE. There, there would on a WrestleMania card, there would not be a quote unquote even borderline enhancement talent match. No. It would not happen. And back um, then, we thought nothing of it. Yeah, it was, it was normal. It was but, part of the normal because it was new. It was yeah. that's just this is what it was. We didn't know what to expect. They hadn't really established yet. Um, they really hadn't established what WrestleMania was. This is only the second one. Yeah. So, so there wasn't a long-standing history of what to expect from a WrestleMania show. It wasn't what it is today. Yeah, they were still figuring out what it was that they wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, with their pay-per-views. And um, but like I say, it was an enhancement match. It was good. Jake looks fabulous. Got yeah. Snake over. Um, and we know how big a name Jake went on to be. Oh yeah. Um, still yeah. around. Oh yeah. Uh, still doing stuff in AEW. Still doing good stuff yep. in AEW. Um, even got even took a bump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple weeks yeah. ago. Um, but next we go to a Hogan promo, of course, hyping up uh, the main event later on in the evening. And then we move to uh, uh, let's talk about celebrity because we got a bunch during this part. Yep, this was the Nassau Coliseum main event of WrestleMania. Yes, which was Mr. T versus. Uh, Hot Rod, Rowdy Rowdy Piper in a boxing match. Joan Rivers comes out. She's a special guest ring announcer. A-lister, without question. Without question. Uh, And she uh, introduces our celebrity judges and timekeepers, um, which uh, for the judges, we had G. Gordon Liddy. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know how to even explain. It's like, okay, uh, well, yeah, he's famous. Not for a lot of good reasons, but yeah, let's go ahead and bring him in. (laughs) Um. And you had Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway, that's huge too. Heidi, 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 Heidi. Yeah. I mean, yeah. big time jazz musician. Yep. Um, uh, definitely A-lister. But the and- biggest pop. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest pop. You're talking about the next one. Daryl Dawkins? Oh, no, no. Sorry, not the, not the next one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Daryl Dawkins, who I, I, I know because I'm an NBA fan. Yeah. And I, I just absolutely love his nickname. Chocolate mm-hmm. Thunder oh. is his nickname. He was another yeah. one of the, the judges. But then we get to the timekeepers. Yeah, there we go. And we get Ricky Schroeder, 
from Silver Spoon. Not a pop. In fact, he got booed. Yeah. <laughs> they boot. He was a child, Tim. Yes. <laughs> he literally. A child and he was booed. a child and they booed him. But the biggest pop <laughs> comes from not a celebrity from music or television shows. Not Ray even. Charles. No, no. It comes from someone who is famous because of a commercial. Mm-hmm. And it's Clara Peller. Uh, and if you don't know who, oh, no, this, no, 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 this one was this one was Herb. Oh, Herb! I'm sorry, Herb. Herb. I forgot about Herb from the Burger King commercials. He's from the Where's Burger King Herb? commercials. Where's yeah. Herb? Yeah, yeah, because he was the one who had never had Burger King. Very right. popular at the time. He got uh, a huge pop when they announced him. They booed Ricky Schroeder. They popped for Herb. Um, yeah, I was referring to Clara Peller. She was the Where's the Beef lady. Yeah, she comes up later in the show. Oh, I thought it was during this match. Hi, she's later. Oh, whoops. Yeah, my bad misinformation. Um, but yeah, so she she comes up later. But yeah, no herb for this match. Yeah, huge pop, huge pop. Yeah, um, and crazy that a commercial. It's a dude from a commercial. But this is how big commercials were back in the day, though. Mm-hmm. How popular commercials could be. Yeah. Um, in the medium of TV. Yep. Um, and of course, another celebrity, Joe Frazier, was in yeah. the corner for Mr. T. Yeah. I mean, it's Joe Frazier for crying yep. out loud. <laughs> um. Thriller in Manila, I mean, uh, against uh, Ali, mm-hmm. what, a, what a boxing match. And for him to show up and be in Mr. T's corner was huge. Yep. Um, and, of course, what I wanted to mention about Piper here in that heat, they pre-taped Piper's fists before he went into the boxing gloves for this match. And what I mean is, I mean, a lot of boxers, they'll tape their fists before they put them in, but they taped his with his fists closed. That way, his fingers couldn't get to the end of the boxing glove. So if he started throwing real haymakers, they wouldn't hurt as much. Because they were worried about him shooting Mm -hmm. on Mr. T and going off script and trying to beat the crap out of him. Mm -hmm. Um, So they did that. This match, uh, I I guess you can call it a match, boxing event, whatever. Um, It goes to a DQ. Mm Mm-hmm crowd not super happy with that again but it's okay yeah. um given the character and storyline work here it, it's fine because obviously piper was not going to take a knockout no. that was not going to happen Mm-mm. uh and they weren't going to have mr t lose either no so they get him to win by dq because i think piper picks him up and body slams him body slams him yeah um, in uh round four yeah yeah in round four piper dropped t in round two and got a pop so some of the wrestling fans were feeling the same way. Like, this isn't one of our guys. Like, we're for our guy. Right. We're for Piper. Um, but Mr. T got some cheers. I mean, uh, he, he, he knocked Piper down twice in, mm-hmm. in uh, round three. Um, and so he, he wasn't booed out of the building or anything, but Piper definitely had his, uh, his fan club out there. Yes, definitely. Um, and interesting thing about this is... Um, Piper was gone for four months after this. Mm-hmm. He disappeared for four months. He didn't return until I believe it was August. And he returned as a massive baby face. Yeah. When he did. Um, which is one of those, you know, instances of great repackaging. And mm-hmm. it was it was interesting that the fans, you know, accepted him as a baby face when he came back, given how big a heel he was when he left. I tell you this though, people loved him. I I've mentioned on the show before, my first event that I ever went to was in St. Louis and it was main evented by Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper. My dad got up to go to the bathroom or to concessions or whatever. 
at one point during the show. And when he came back, I kid you not, he was wearing a Rowdy Roddy Piper shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. My dad, Tim, bought a Rowdy Roddy Piper shirt. Piper was over and people loved him. They wanted him to be a face because they wanted to cheer for him. And once he turned face, he never looked back. Yeah. He was a face for the rest of his career. Yeah. No, that's so awesome. <laughs> yep. It's your dad. I'm going to go get a hot dog. Comes back with a hot rod shirt. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> All the time, little Steve's like, where's mine? <laughs> <laughs> I was for Hogan, shirt? man. <laughs> well, I know where's my Hogan shirt, but, you know. <laughs> um, but that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, and of course, that was the main event from mm-hmm. New York. Um, it started out slow, but I thought it got entertaining as they got kind of into the second round of beyond. We got yeah. to see them hit each other. That's kind of what we wanted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. It, like I say, it was serviceable. It was good. It was an attraction for sure. And yeah. that's what they went for uh, with yeah. WrestleMania too. Yeah. Um, but real good use, I think, of the celebrities, you know, bringing mm-hmm. them as judges and timekeepers. Yeah. Uh, and again, just building on that more eyeballs, more eyeballs. How important can we make this feel? Right. Um, of course, then we shoot to Chicago for part two. Rosemont Horizon. And it starts, and, and it's interesting to note, and I'm not sure how it is in the edited video now when they when they show it. I didn't think about this when I was watching it last week. But at least for the original broadcast, it was almost like the pay-per-view started over each time they went to a new location. Like the same intro promo package started and played like it was starting a whole new show. Um, that's just a production side note. Mm-hmm. Um of course, I didn't. Ch- I didn't notice that when I was rewatching it, but again, ah. I wasn't looking for it either. Right. Um, but uh, this one, we had commentary from Gorilla Monsoon, Mean Gene Oakland, and Kathy Lee Crosby um, from That's Incredible. She also played Wonder Woman in 1974. Did she? Yeah, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, in a, in a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Interesting. I thought she was better than Susan St. James. Uh, yeah, I agree. She seemed to be a little more into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Susan kind of sounded a little bored at times. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm getting paid. That's why I'm here. But she, I think Kathy Lee Crosby followed their lead, Gorilla and Jean's lead, a little better, and her comments made a little more sense. And didn't she didn't sound as clueless to me. And plus, it was, and it's kind of because they had the three person dynamic here mm-hmm. instead of just Vince and Susan, right? Um, uh, and I think that helped a lot for yeah. her as well. Um, first match kicking off here is Velvet McIntyre versus the fabulous Moolah. Um, I believe for the title for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, Moolah, of course, was the champion, right? Yes, yeah. yes, uh, yes. She was champion forever back in. Well, she had regained it from Wendy Richter. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and won it at WrestleMania one. Mm, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and of course, Moolah wins. Uh, no real surprise here. Um, no, it started hot. The crowd was into it for a while. Yeah. Crowd was into this and it started really hot and it was a fast match, but it, it, it burned out quickly. It like, it wasn't, it was entertaining while it lasted. It was very fast and hard hitting while it lasted and Velvet missed a flying splash and Moolah covered her after that for the, the win. Um, But the crowd was into it. And this show has as many women's matches as we get every week on dynamite. That's right. Yeah. One. In 1986. Uh, Yes. Maybe that that's what's up with AEW. They're they're mimicking the WWE's early days. <laughs> yeah. So here in about twenty years, they'll actually have some 
we'll, we'll get two. We'll get two or three matches a night. <laughs> There'll be pudding matches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't got to that area yet. <laughs> um, God. <laughs> uh, next, we have uh, Corporal Kirshner versus Nikolai Volkov, and the winner gets to uh, raise their flag, I believe. Yeah, flag match. Flag mm-hmm. match. Yeah, they were um, big in the day. They, yeah, they, and they were common. Mm-hmm. Kirshner was over. He was. Kirshner was way over with this. I had crowd. his action figure. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. Nice. And of course, Kirshner does pick up the win here. Um, the Americans have to win flag matches. That's well, how it yeah. Works. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're not going to to unless you're trying to build heat for somebody. But you wouldn't do that at a WrestleMania. No. 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 You do that on a like a, a Saturday night's main event, mm-hmm. get somebody heat or something like that. Yeah. Not at Mania. So. Volkov singing the Russian national anthem, which he always did, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to the point where I could, as a child, almost sing it phonetically. Like I didn't know what the words were, but I heard <laughs> him do it so much. I didn't know what the words meant, but I could basically echo it phonetically. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, a, a decent match. I mean, Blood. again, Kirshner was uh, bleeding. Oh, that's right. He did color up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then gets the win. He catches uh, Fred Bla- Fred Blassie. Classy Freddie Blassie tried to throw the cane in to Volkoff to use. Oh, but yep. Uh-huh. Kirchner intercepted it and hit Volkoff with it and got the win. Yes. Short match. Another short one. Yes. Another short match, which, I mean, understandable because they did have a lot of matches on the card. Mm-hmm. I think we had about four matches per area. Yeah. So it's like 12 matches. 12 total. matches. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, yeah. Short, but enjoyable match crowd into it way over for Kirshner. Mm. Um, uh, NFL versus WWF battle Royal coming up next. This is an interesting one. Um, Advertised as the main event for Rosemont horizon, but not the last match. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but we get, this is uh, where we get Clara Peller, by the way. Yes. The, Clara the Peller where's the beef lady. Yeah. Yes. Where's the beef lady is for this. She's a timekeeper. Um, timekeeper for this one. Looking like she had no idea where she was yeah and was is this the one tommy lasorda is our guest ring announcer for this i believe or was he for the main event uh tommy lasorda was for the main event for hogan okay. and bundy he, yeah. he's hogan and bundy yeah yeah um like i say there's so many celebrities in the show it's hard to keep them straight it's yeah they were crazy um but a lot of interesting things about this battle royal mm-hmm. um a you had all the big nfl stars uh one of my personal favorites just because of the name and because of the size william the refrigerator perry he was the main one yeah he was such a big dude played for chicago back in the day um so it made a lot of sense that he would be part of this battle royal in chicago yep. in chicago he got a massive, massive pop, pop. <laughs> massive pop uh bruno san martino yeah is in here his only pay-per-view match with yep. the wwf was yep. this battle royal and therefore his only wrestlemania match as well yeah yeah so a uh, nice little bit of trivia there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, other people that were in here, of course, uh, the Hart Foundation's in there. Yeah. Um, oh uh, run down some of the list of other people. Uh, Killer Bees yeah. were in there. Of course, Andre. Andre. Um, Iron Sheik, Sheik was in there. Um, Ted Arcidi was in there. Um, um, let's see who else. Well, we had football players too. Yeah, I can't remember a lot, and I, I there's one thing I forgot to get the list of all the participants. Uh, well, the last one remained. The last football player was Russ Francis. Okay, so he actually outlasted William Retriever Perry, but only by a few minutes. Um, yeah, because Perry was the second to last one to get tossed by Big John Stud, who was Big in John there. Stud, yeah, yeah. Um, so and then he uh, he got mad 
and pulled Big John Stud out from yeah. the outside and eliminated Big John Stud. So they eliminated each other. Um, and it comes down to Andre and the Heart Foundation. Yeah. Are the mm-hmm. last ones. And the last one eliminated in this battle royal was my man. Bret Hart. Bret the Hitman Hart. Last one gone. Andre wins. You know, interesting. Bret always had, in every WrestleMania appearance, he always had a good a good performance. Either. Yes. So here, he was in the battle royal and he lost, but he was the last one eliminated. WrestleMania 3, he was on the winning side of a six-man. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 4, he was in a battle royal, but the last one eliminated. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 5, he won. WrestleMania 6, he won. WrestleMania 7, he lost, but it was in the tag title match. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 8, he won the Intercontinental title. WrestleMania 9, he won the WWF title. Uh, sorry, he lost the WWF title, but it was the main event. Right. WrestleMania 10, he won the WWF title. Uh-huh. WrestleMania 11, he won. WrestleMania 12, he lost, but the main event. The main event. WrestleMania 13, he had the greatest match in the history of wrestling, and yep. he won. And then we didn't see him again until WrestleMania 26 when he beat Vince McMahon. Yeah. So... That's, I mean, that's a hell of a career. It is. I mean, you talk about the Undertaker streak. Uh, Hart had a great streak, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just always being there and in very, very high-profile matches, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but of course, Andre wins. Um, and I mean, that's how I kind of because I, 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 they weren't going to let a football player win. No. If they were going to, it would have been the fridge. And um, if they were going to, Andre wouldn't have been in it. And Andre, yeah, Andre wouldn't have taken a loss. He was the king of battle royals. So, um, I mean, that's why we have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yes. At Mania. (laughs) Um, But um, the last match uh, at Chicago, not the main event, (laughs) apparently. Right. But uh, as far as the timing, it would be the main event, Mm -hmm. uh, was the British Bulldogs versus uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. This is for the, the tag titles. Yep. And um, now, Brutus and Greg had the titles, right? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, British Bulldogs, uh, we talk about Celebrity, accompanied by mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. You don't talk about A-list, the Oz yeah. man, are you kidding me? Yep. Um, and he's full Ozzy, man. It's, it's young, is. full Ozzy. It's awesome. I haven't seen young Ozzy, young Ozzy in so long that I didn't recognize him at first. <laughs> he he <he's> almost <laughs> looks completely different. He does. Um, he does. Healthy. But, yeah, healthy. I'm sure he wasn't living healthy, but he looked right. <laughs> he looked yeah. healthy at the time. Yeah. Um. So awesome to have him in the Bulldogs' corner. This for me, uh, it's match of the night. Yeah, I agree. This match was very competitive, mm-hmm. great pace. Yep. Um, these two teams really complemented each other very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Bulldogs pick up the win and the titles. Yep. Um, but yeah, which I, was I, a huge deal. Titles didn't change hands much back then and there were yeah. only three of them yep the the world title the intercontinental and tag title and the women's title that's oh, all yeah. you had um and so you know, people we we remembered title changes in 1986 yep. um we remembered quick who are the smackdown tag champions uh ziggler and what's his name still <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ziggler and Rude but see you had to think about it and back then you didn't because the champions the championships meant something yeah and this felt like a big deal with a cool finish too uh remind me remind uh, me where um Davy Boy's in his corner and he perches himself up on the rope and leans in and Dynamite Kid takes Greg the Hammer Valentine and ram like you ram someone into a turnbuckle but rams them into Davy Boy's head Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or yeah, sorry, yeah. the other way around. Davy Boy rams him into Dynamite's head. Yes, the other way around. Yes, and Dynamite goes flying to the 
concrete and the hammer drops and Davy boy covers him and gets the three count. Yes. Yes. Um, Inventive, very inventive finish. Um, At a time when, you know, a lot of finishes, I won't say they were the same, but they didn't have as, as much variety back then. Mm -hmm. It's kind of before the boom of all these crazy new moves and inventiveness in wrestling um it was much more hard hitting and like we said we've talked about on the podcast before you'd have matches that would end with a suplex or end with a really stiff clothesline kind of thing Mm -hmm. um i mean the leg drop what more can be said (laughs) um so yeah inventive finish uh great match uh bulldogs uh win the belts good good finish for part two of the pay-per-view there in chicago uh fans definitely happy no booze at this point. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Yeah, that they sent uh, they sent Chicago home happy. Yes. Um, then we move to L.A. for the final part. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A. Memorial Complex. Yeah. Yes. Sports and complex. Sports complex. And on commentary, we have Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, my fave. One of my personal faves, Lord Alfred Hayes. Love Alfred. And Elvira. Right. On commentary. And yeah. And I, I was a big Elvira fan back in the day. I mean. Okay, hey, I know, right? I mean, let's talk. Like, we won't focus a lot on it, but given how she was presented on TV and in her right. shows, how could you not be in love with this woman? Right. Um, but she was also very, very funny. She yeah. was a very humorous uh, comedian, and uh, I actually liked her on commentary. I did too. I thought she was of of the three. She, I think she was the best. Yes, uh, as far as uh, the three celebrities that joined them on commentary over the night. Um. We start off with a big match, interesting match. Um, it's mm-hmm. of course Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Hercules Hernandez, mm-hmm. and um, what was originally supposed to be Bret Hart. Well, I have a story about this. Aha! Um, that is certainly the rumor. Well, yeah, that's why that, it was rumored that he was supposed to be the opponent. that it, that this match was supposed to be Ricky Steamboat versus Bret Hart. I'd, I'd always heard that. I had never seen confirmation of that. And I was at a comic convention a number of years ago. And one of the guests was Ricky, the dragon steamboat. Ah, and I'd already met him at uh, WrestleMania at mm-hmm. fan access. So I didn't go to his table, but he had a panel and I went to the panel and I had this in my head. And so uh, they opened the, the floor up for questions. And uh, I asked the question, I said, is it true? that it was supposed to be you versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 2. My favorite moment is he had to ask me who he actually wrestled at WrestleMania (laughs) 2. He was like, who did I wrestle? I said, Hercules. Oh, Hercules. And the answer, he doesn't remember. He doesn't. He he doesn't remember hearing anything about it. Um, But he he wasn't going to say that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, no, that wasn't the case. But I did ask him. I tried. I tried right. to have a scoop for you guys. Sorry. Yeah. Like five years in advance. Yeah. As the rumor goes, uh, Brett was approached and told he'd be having a match with Steamboat, which he was really excited for because it'd be one of the first times Brett got to be, you know, showcase his singles wrestling, mm-hmm. and especially on that kind of stage at WrestleMania. And with Ricky Steamboat. And with Ricky Steamboat. Now, they did get to run a program together. Yeah. They had a match in Boston. Yeah, a couple weeks prior, I think. Something like that. I think um, they only had two matches together. And I um, think only one is on tape anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but then two weeks before the show, 
uh, it, it was changed again. This is all in theory. We don't know yeah. any of this for sure, but then it was changed to Hercules for whatever reason. Um, they go on to have a match, which is not bad. No, a bad a couple of, couple of off spots, but yeah. Hercules is underrated. Yes. I always thought he was a very good um, heel for, for faces to work off of and to get sympathy from. And uh, I, I enjoyed this match. They had one on Saturday Night's Main event that I liked too. Yeah. I mean, Hercules definitely under, underrated. He had the great look. Yeah. I mean, I, this great physique, he'd come out swinging that chain and yeah. just, you know, looked like Hercules, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was always- his Irish whips, the way he Irish whip, he would just grab both hands around the wrist yeah. and just sling them. sling them as hard as he yeah. could. It was cool. Um, but yeah, Steamboat, of course, wins, uh, in, in, in a decent match here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Hercules, very underrated for the time, never really really kind of, you know, grabbed that brass ring and broke out, unfortunately. No, but he had some good programs. He worked with yeah. Hogan on Saturday night's main event and he definitely had a presence and he 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 had a good run. He definitely had a good run. Yeah, but I mean with wrestling, not everybody can be main event. That's just no. there's just no. not enough spots for nope. that to happen. Um but yeah, uh next we get into some of the production woes. Um we have uh, I think this is a point where uh, they're they're talking to Jesse and his mic is really really like off, and they have and at one point they uh, come back to him. Well, that might have been after the next match, and like he doesn't know that they're back on him, and he doesn't, you know it's a lot of miscues here. But there was originally an, a Hogan interview here that the audio did not work for, so all you saw was Hogan um, and. That in the home video release is cut. You don't even see it here. You see it later when they do the second attempt. Um, but yeah, just kind of a, an insight into because this was so new for them and yeah. the production woes that they just weren't prepared for. And no. when you're live, anything can happen, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff does does go wrong. It still happens today with live broadcasts. It does. still happens. It does. Um, I mean, there was an issue on on Dynamite a couple of weeks ago where uh, actually we were getting sound from a basketball yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. happens. It just, it's just it's the woes of live yeah. broadcast, and it's uh, part of the fun of it too. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, when stuff like that happens. It it just reinforces that idea that anything can happen. Yeah, and it's so live, it's who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but and who knows what kind of match you're going to get when you get this next one. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, this is what, this is the big, like, I even put in my notes. Why? <laughs> Question mark. Adrian Adonis versus uncle Elmer. <laughs> yeah. Adorable Adrian Adonis. And here's, here's, I think why this was a new gimmick for Adrian Adonis. He was previously kind of like a biker tough guy. Uh-huh. And so they switched his gimmick into this heat seeking gimmick. Um, and uh, I don't know how you want to describe it using modern vernacular, uh, I don't know if cross-dressing is appropriate to say or okay. it, uh, some sort of trans thing. I don't really know how you'd want to describe it. I never really understood what the character was supposed to be. Um, if if he was dressing up so flamboyantly because that's who he really was and he liked it, or if he was just trying to make his opponents uncomfortable, or, or I don't, I don't, I never really understood what it was but right. mm-hmm. it worked it got a reaction from the crowd and he's far more memorable as adrian as as, uh, as adrian adonis. he's far more memorable as adorable adrian adonis than in his previous his previous gimmick 
Yeah. Um, so I think they just wanted to put him out there and introduce this gimmick to a large audience, as large an audience as possible. And people liked Uncle Elmer. Hillbilly Jim was in the Battle Royale earlier. Didn't mention him. Right, right. Uh, uncle Elmer being Hillbilly Jim's uncle. Yes. Um, and then yes. Cousin Luke was a part of that too. Um, and so they put him out there and had him get a quick win over somebody that the, the crowd liked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a garbage match. I mean, Oh, it wasn't good. Yeah. No. It was not good in any way. No. Um, but yeah, that I just, it, it strikes me as odd. And it, when you look at it as, you know, you're starting three different shows from start to finish each place, I would have much preferred this to been in the, the New York part of mm-hmm. the show, get it over with early. <laughs> uh, having it so late in the card, I think was just a, a mistake when building the card yeah from my point of view yeah um but yeah adonis picks up the win um and i mean it does what it's meant to do it gets him heat yeah (laughs) gets him heat and a win and a win Mm -hmm. um then we get the the second attempt at the hogan interview which actually works (laughs) they got the production issues uh sorted out um and then we go to uh the funk brothers versus tito santana and the junkyard dog one of my personal favorites yeah um and uh funk brothers it was terry and um well they called him hoss hoss but it was actually dory funk dory funk yeah yeah Yeah. so um this is dory's only wrestlemania oh okay yeah not terry's because he came back as chainsaw charlie and teamed up that's right yeah foley but it was dory's only wrestlemania yeah but uh, yeah, Funk Brothers. And, and by the way, I don't know why they called him Hoss because when he first appeared, when he made his first appearance, they called him Dory Funk. So I don't know why they would introduce him as Dory and then change his very well-known name. Yes. <laughs> that they've already acknowledged to something else when they're using Terry's name. And they're calling them the Funk Brothers. Why wouldn't right. you just say Dory? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I never understood that. Yeah, very odd. Very odd yeah. for that. Um, but the Funk Brothers pick up the win here. Um, I thought this is really good. Yeah, no, this is a good tag match. Uh, amazingly, yeah. the two two of the tag matches on here are the best part of the show. Yeah, as far as match quality goes. Yeah. yeah I, I would agree. And interesting, uh, we're seeing WWF kind of come into their own here and, and start to develop their their normal practices that we're so used to today. Only three acts on this entire show had entrance music. Did you notice that? No, I didn't even pay attention to that. The only ones were the British Bulldogs, mm-hmm. Junkyard Dog, and Hulk Hogan. Nobody else had interest music on this whole show. Wow. Yeah. So Junkyard Dog had Grab Them Cakes. I still know every word. <laughs> what a great entrance. Yep. I had <laughs> it's on my, my, my iPhone. Nice. And, and my iPod, which is broken. It's still <laughs> on there. But yeah, I, I've got it on my iPhone, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, the Funk Brothers pick up a win. Um, the uh, the crowd booing starts to increase a little bit here, <laughs> I think, because of that. Yeah. Um, not so much because of, like, bad match or anything. They just didn't want to see uh, Junkyard and Tito taking a loss here. No, they were super popular, yeah. yeah um, all four all four guys really worked well in this match. And they yes. it was one of the longer matches. This is not a short match. No, no, this uh, one actually this, went on a bit. Yeah, maybe 13 minutes, 15 minutes, something and like I think, that. Now, if I'm unless I've missed something here, because we only had three matches in the in the final. No, uh, we had the we had four. We had Steamboat. We had Adrian Adonis. Oh, that's I, right, Steamboat. No, you're right. You're right. It's yeah. still four. For some, yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking Steamboat was the last one. That's my. Mm-hmm. That's just me misremembering. You're right. No, it still had four. Yeah. Um, 
but probably because of how quick the Adonis and Uncle Elmer match was. You had to mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, they kept it fun and they kept it moving and it was, it never slowed down. And the characters were so strong that, that all four of them just kept it entertaining. And remember, I called Tito Santana one of my most underrated wrestlers of all time. And that's true. Here he shows why. Mm-hmm. Or, or shows why he should be, not why he's underrated, but why he should be rated. Why he should be higher. rated better. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Of course, from that, we move into our main event for the whole show. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan. Steel cage match. Interesting. Only cage match to ever main event a mania. Yeah. Um, which yep. it, it, it hasn't happened since. I mean, we've had some other steel cage matches at mania, just never the main event. Right. Um, and this was actually where Ricky Schroeder was too. He was the timekeeper. Ah, for yeah. Ricky yeah. Schroeder, uh, timekeeper for this. Um, now they start with a pre-tape promo, obviously, you know, kind of the build up to the match. Then we get a backstage interview with Bundy and Heenan. Uh, I will say I liked Bundy's interview and promo for this more than I liked Hogan's. Really? And mostly because Bundy felt a little more real. Mm-hmm. And because back then, I mean, Hogan, almost like the warriors just because when he's talking about, you know, you know, Hogan's whole persona was out of this world a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bundy just felt a little more grounded, a little more real, like, you know, I, it's hard to describe, but I just, I, I enjoyed his promo here more than I enjoyed Hogan's. Okay. Not that Hogan's was bad. Yeah. I just like Bundy's better. Maybe you liked it as a change of pace, maybe something. And that, maybe that's what it is. Cause it just yeah. felt different. Mm-hmm. It just felt different. Um, and um, of course, uh, steel cage match. It's not the greatest match. It really no. is. It, it uh, to me kind of felt like this could have been a Saturday night's main event match. Mm-hmm. It didn't really feel WrestleMania level. Not, and I don't want to want that to sound bad. Uh, it's just I kind of expected more. At the time, it felt WrestleMania level. Like when well, you yeah. were watching the shows, uh, when you saw King Kong Bundy attack Hulk Hogan on yeah. Saturday Night's main event, um, you wanted to see these two yeah. go at it. So, and and it felt like Bundy could win. He felt mm-hmm. like a legitimate threat, and then he could walk out as champion. Um, you know, that was before we were in in we were uh, insightful enough to recognize that a heel's not going to win the last match of a WrestleMania, right? Uh, but you know, at the time that hadn't been established. We, we you know we talked about that earlier, so um, it felt big at the time. And I think you know Bundy didn't go on to really do much after this. And I think that's probably why someone who wasn't watching at the time and looks back on it now might feel that way, right? Um, but at the time. You very, you very much believe that Bundy could have walked out as champion. Um, this was also the debut of Old Blue, the big blue steel cage. Yes, yes. Yeah, rather than going with the like the chain link fencing cage that had always been used, and yeah. apparently it was because it's easier for cameras to see through the big holes. Yeah, uh-huh. in the cage, but it also hurts a whole lot more <laughs> than, than the uh, chain link fence cage, and so that's why they don't use it anymore. Um, but yeah, that's this is where it debuted. Yeah, interesting little notes about this one. Uh, of course, like we say, Hogan wins. No yes. surprise there. Um, after the match, he gets a hold of Heenan, mm-hmm. and Heenan takes a few bumps and a big atomic drop yeah. uh, that sends him to the outside. Now, interesting note about Heenan uh, and this match is that he had a legitimate injury. Um, he was in Tampa in a hospital. 
uh, getting treatment for this injury. And I think they told him he needed to have surgery or something like that. He gets a call from Titan Towers or whatever you want to call it from WWF that says, if you miss this event, you're fired. So he gets on a plane, flies to LA, does the spot, flies immediately back to Tampa to the hospital afterwards. I never heard that story. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I mean, business practice wise, kind of, kind of questionable on WWF's uh, part, but good on Heenan. Yeah. uh, And what a professional. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about how much we love the brain Mm -hmm. here. Um, Huge part of both of our history with wrestling is loving Bobby the brain Heenan, Uh, but good on him to come back, take some significant spots from Hogan. I mean, Mm -hmm some bumps there and then go straight back to the hospital. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, all in all sum up WrestleMania two. Um, it was the next step in the explosion of wrestling in the eighties. Um, it was a show where, like we said, Vince, wanted to get as many eyes on the product as possible. Um, And I think he succeeded in that. And wrestling was bigger in 1986 than it was in 1985. And it got bigger in 1987 than it was in 1986. So he was on an upward trajectory here. If you're looking for a lot of Dave Meltzer matches, you're not going to get them here. You'll get a couple. Um, But if you're looking for Um, a show very much of the era with a lot of names and faces that you hear people talk about today. Your Hogan's, your Steamboat's, your um, Funk's, your Junkyard Dogs, um, Tito Santana, um, and the the characters that go along with them, you're going to get that. And even if the matches aren't all a whole lot of fun, I think seeing these people perform and their characters and watching them do what they did and helping wrestling become bigger than it had ever been. They were all contributing to that and getting to watch them do that. Even if it's not the greatest show ever, if it's not the greatest WrestleMania ever, just seeing them help guide wrestling in that direction on this show for me was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, I mean, just and throwing it out there again, a lot of my review of this, it comes from that knowing what I know now. Yeah. And then revisiting and watching, um, you know, if we were doing this back in the day, I'm sure our thoughts would be a lot different. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, all in all entertaining. Um, yeah. But like I say, not without its flaws, but no, a lot of, of those are on the production side. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, this was a, a big new step for them. Something new that they were trying mm-hmm. um, had never been done before. Hasn't really been done since. No, um, not not doing show, one show for multiple cities. No. Yeah, um, hasn't the closest been... they came is the Raw, where they the Raw anniversary show, where they did one part from the Manhattan Center. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's that's the closest that they've come to it since then. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, again, enjoyable. Um, this was a fun one to go back and and kind of do a retro review on. Yeah. Um, what's and as we do with a regular show, what's what's one thing you probably love the most about this show? Oh, I wasn't prepared for the question here, but... That's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking through from top to bottom... 
okay, well, let me ask you from what perspective, from the perspective of back then or from the perspective of today? Um, let's say today, let's say today. My man, Brett being the last one eliminated coming down okay. to Brett and Andre and Brett being he, he nobody but Andre was going to win that. So the next best thing you could get is being the last one eliminated. And that went to Brett. They knew what they had in Brett, even in 1986. Awesome. Awesome. For me, it's, it's Piper's promo. Okay. I just really love that promo <laughs> so much. Yeah. If I don't win, I no more boxing, no more wrestling and no more women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I get the first two. Why are you cutting women out, dude? Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, but I was uh, right over there, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, real fun one. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our retro review. Uh, let us know what you thought. Do you like us when we do the retro reviews? Would you like us to do other kind of segments? Uh, any ideas for special shows? Let us know the ideas you have. Of course, you can find us uh, on Twitter at plus WrestleCast. That's P-L-U-S WrestleCast. You can find me at Timothy K. You can find Steven at Bizarro Doom. You can find us on Facebook, just search for the Positively Wrestling Podcast. Also, you can find us pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast. We've got everything completely set up, all the kinks worked out, it seems now. So Google, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, anywhere. you can iTunes. For iTunes, obviously, it's one of the biggest ones. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Uh, just give us a search and uh, check us out. But uh, any closing thoughts, my friend? uh no i look forward to doing more of these i like yes. these retro reviews they're fun they are a lot of fun and we will see you of course at our regularly scheduled time that's wednesdays for our normal weekend review show here on positively wrestling uh have a great one out there everybody we'll see you soon thanks right here from positively wrestling